Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters of the dust, I am Mitch Cavage, the Savage in Business, and this is Savage in Business, the podcast where I bring people that are cool, badass, have done something great in their life that I admire, know, like, and trust, and more importantly, have had success in life and are willing to share what they did throughout the terms of their life and pass that on to you. After all, as we know, success leaves markers. And if you're willing to buckle down, take your ego, kind of throw that out the window and make sure that you follow along, you can have success in life too. Now, this is one of my brothers from another mother. Oh, Chris Goodman's in the house. <laughs> Love and having him here. Chris and I have known each other for such a short period of time, yet we are brothers of the dust. We went to war together. We've done some fantastic things. And of course, I love this man to pieces. Chris, thank you for jumping on the show here, brother. Why don't you give the fans just a little bit of a snapshot of you? And then as always, we're going to dive right in. Tell them about yourself. Well, thank you, brother. I love you too. And for everybody who hasn't followed me online or met me before, I'm an executive life and business coach. And that's how I've come to know Mitch through sharing the same coach. Uh, you know, when you think of somebody who is in your corner, in your life, in your business, and can help you sort all that confusion between your ears, that's really what I do all day long. We could get into the specifics or the tactical side, but really it's that simple. So business owners tend to come to me when they are overstressed, burned out, exhausted, not sure where they want to turn, maybe personal relationships are suffering. Um, and, and we help them navigate all that and then some. And then personally, I live in Louisville, Kentucky. So if you you hear my Southern drag here and there, you'll know why. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, we're in we're in bourbon country here. So I run a podcast called Bourbon and Breakthroughs, where we do yeah. something similar to Mitch and, and look for Mitch's uh, episode on there as well. Oh, that's badass. So listen, man, everybody has an origin story, like a supervillain or a superhero, right? You didn't just wake up one day and you're a coach and you're running this, this wicked podcast. And man, that was a fun episode to shoot as well. So for everybody listening along, we're shooting this after we shot that episode. Dan, that was fun. That was a riot. So you need to go check out Bourbon and Breakthroughs. It's, it, was, it was a great time to spend. But we get started somewhere in life. You didn't turn into this right now. You came from somewhere. There's trials, tribulations. There's excesses. There's losses that show up. How did life start for you coming in adulthood and what really started to set the tone? Like, what did you want to be when you were growing up and what did you start out as? Yeah, when I was growing up, I wanted to be an archaeologist. So you can see how how I became a coach. <laughs> Straight line. Just wanted to dig up people's stuff. That's really what I wanted to do. No, I, uh, the long story short is my senior year of high school, I went on a four day retreat that changed my life. It was all about digging in, figuring out who you are, who you want to be as a man, as a person of your community, in a family, if that's something that was important to you, who do you want to be in that family? And that really shifted the entire trajectory of what I thought about my future. And I decided I wanted to advocate for people. I really enjoyed that experience so much. I went back and led a lot of retreats after that, helping people go through the breakthroughs that I experienced. And it was so much fun for me. And as I was getting into professional life, I kept asking this question, like, what is the, the highest and best use essentially for me, knowing that I want to advocate for people? And I like a challenge. So I decided to go to law school. So I got a job at the biggest, baddest firm in town. Spent five years working in corporate litigation, really making sure I wanted to be a lawyer. And I loved what I did for a long time. And don't get me wrong, if anybody's worked in corporate litigation, it's not always what you see on TV, right? Like the, the courtroom dramas. It's a lot of paperwork and a lot of reading and a lot of dull days. It's not like but, suits? 
Come on, man. It's not, you know, it's so funny. My wife and I sat down to watch that and I made it for about four minutes before I was like, this is silly. <laughs> but nonetheless, I, I, I started law school and within, let's see, seven months, I had a real serious conversation with myself. I hated it. And anybody who's been to law school or knows people who've been to law school, they know they, they work to scare you out of it the first year. They, they really want some attrition there. And the average law school class in, in our world anyway, will have about 20 to 30% attrition by the time mm-hmm. graduation comes along. Well, as I got more and more, uh, as I got deeper and deeper, I should say, into law school and the daily life of what a lawyer was going to do, it was further and further from what I actually wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And I had this realization, I didn't need to be a lawyer, to do what I wanted to do. And on top of that, I started to hate the work. And if you can imagine looking down the barrel of hating your work for the rest of your life and then paying $200,000 to the tune of 8% interest on top of that, that's not a real good deal. So I opted out. I quit law school. And then I hit this free fall of, well, now what? I'd spent at that point seven years working to get into that position. And now the bottom fell out. And it was a blessing in disguise because I had this blank slate. I could do whatever I wanted. And by, mm. you know, getting into law school, I kind of showed myself, yeah. hey, you can do hard things. You can you can do whatever you want. So I started looking for opportunities. And uh, long story short, I found real estate through the guy that sold me my first house. He happened to be the best agent in town. And a buddy wanted to go meet him and see if he could get into real estate. So this guy, his name's Todd, my mentor, started talking. And telling him what real estate was like, especially at a high level. And my friend is like, I'm out, man. I've got two little girls. I can't do commission only. And he's like, you know, 15 minutes in the conversation, he's bowing out and I'm, I'm drooling. I'm like, hang on. You get to control your schedule. You get to make as much money as you want. There's all kinds of opportunity. By the way, tell me more. So that one conversation turned into us getting into business together, building one of the top teams in our region, built a million dollar business in uh, I think less than four years. And we were selling about 220, 225 houses a year. And in our market, that didn't mean we were printing money. Our average sale price was $180,000 at the time. Yeah. It was a lot of work and a lot of success came on the heels of that. We got onto a lot of radars nationally and made a lot of friends globally in the real estate community. And then- plot twist as i started to rise up through that and became our director of sales and you know teaching classes on how to be a great agent i started to fall out of love with that it started to get further away from the advocating for people how long was that that how was long, four how years. long was that in four, four years. years okay yeah yeah so so the first clip was 7 years and then 4 years and uh, then i met my wife at the time she was a life coach she still is one of the best in the business and she was doing everything I wanted to do without all the bureaucracy, the red tape, the drama. And for anybody in real estate, you know, it comes at you 360 degrees. So this looked like the the sweet spot for how I wanted to help people, how I wanted to control my life, my schedule, my lifestyle, and how I could leave a real deep impact that honestly didn't have to have anything to do with real estate or the law. You were already applicably applying some of those same lessons too. I mean, that's wickedly important to understand. You started at law school, had been grounded in an educational institution and really putting in hard work. And then you moved to real estate and then you naturally gravitated to not only selling, but leading. Yes, sir. And I should say that I I coached with some of the best in the entire real estate industry. Some of my mentors are still some of the top people who train agents, coach agents. And of course, there's always this piece of mindset meets 
practicality or tactical, you know, advice. So I had, I had sort of studied under some of the best coaches, I think in, in the world. And then of course, meeting my wife who was doing something similar, but just a little bit different. And I think the second week we were dating, I got on the phone with her and she was quote working. If you can see me, I'm using air quotes Yeah, because she was sitting on a rooftop in new Orleans at the Omni hotel, having a cocktail while she was coaching people. And I was trapped in my office, you know, listening to the same thing that I had heard for the 8,000th time. I was like, I am doing this wrong, man. There's some, there's more out there. So if you've ever heard the phrase, a mind expanded can never be contracted. That's what was happening. I was starting to see the edges of, of what I thought opportunity looked like. So within four months of us meeting, I quit real estate, started my coaching business and haven't looked back. And that was six years ago now. Yeah, six years ago now. Now, which one is this? Is this going to be the seven-year or the four-year cycle, brother? Which one's going to be? Well, it's funny because we're in it right now. Now, my consulting side of my coaching business is starting to morph in, into taking equity with companies, you know, revenue share agreements, mm-hmm. bigger and yeah. bigger opportunities for advisory roles. And so it, it's shifting again. And, and that's what I've learned to do. Sort of the, the whole point of the story is to allow that evolution and really listen to your intuition about where your heart is headed, where, where you're being called and what your purpose is, even if it's shifting from what you thought it was always going to be about and allowing that to happen and letting it unfold. Fantastic. Badass. Normally at this point, I'd be asking you, what's the t- biggest takeaway? And of course you being an experienced coach and experienced educator, I got to do nothing. I get to sit here smile, nod, clap a little bit, do all that great stuff. So brother, that's a fantastic start for us to do. We're going to sit here and pause for just a short time, segue into our next segment. Hey, tribe, you know what to do, right? You're going to click the like, subscribe, follow along, share button, do all that other great stuff that you need to do. And of course, bouncing into the next section where we're going to be looking at the life that is right now for my good brother, Chris Goodman. So just stick around, be right back for the next segment and we'll rock it out. We are back. Part two. Chris Goodman, Mitch Kamich, Savage Business in the house. And as always, we come to this segment, we like to look at before was the life that was, now it's the life that is. Well, brother, you got some great stuff going on. And just as we were coming into that pause before we popped into the break there and coming out the other end, you just started to talk about how things are shifting for you right now. You snapshot the next 12 months. What are you excited about? And what are some of those impediments that you see coming up? And what's something that made you kind of go, and by the way, we can say bad words on this one. Holy shit. I did not expect that. What's that been like for you just the last little while? Well, let's containerize, let's say 24 months. Last 12 months, this 24, this 12 months, what's been going on? What's a holy shit moment? And what's a, oh man, this well, is what I'm looking forward to. What yeah, I think is going to happen. There's there's so much crammed in there and I'll, I'll be as concise as possible. You know, the, the runway for me was one-on-one coaching and it's gotten me into relationships with, people who are in the Olympics, professional athletes, you know, really high mm. level CEOs, people who are making a big impact on social media, connections and relationships that I never thought about, let's say 10 years ago. People, and, and for anybody who has this in, in their life, you know how much of a gift this is, that if you have a real issue, you can just call the expert in it, or you, you have a network that's deep enough that you can connect to people and change a life yeah. in a phone call. So that has been uh, over the last, 12 months, I'd say 24 plus months, really, that has started to blossom and create all kinds of opportunities, including this uh, live event thing that I'm doing called Bourbon and Breakthroughs. And yeah. if you follow me on social media, you can see like the highlights and the, the reels about it. But essentially, you know, people come into Louisville, Kentucky, and we do um, a blend of 
live coaching and mentoring and masterminding and some tactical work in there. And then also we go out and we explore distilleries. That thing took off. I just did the math yesterday. As of right now, we're about 35 days out from the event. We have 175x return on our investment in that in that event. I never, never would have thought it would have done that well. So that's been a blast. And that's creating new opportunities, especially on the consulting side. So that's as far as where we're headed and what's coming up. It's a blend of those three things. The one-on-one -on -one coaching is still near and dear to my heart. I'm not going to let go of that. The Bourbon and Breakthroughs event, we got another one slated for early March. And then this consulting side is uh, taking up more and more mindshare. And then on the family side, we'll be, we're not ready yet. We're looking down the barrel of number two. My, our, our daughter is oh, 19 months yeah. old. Yeah. And so now we're like, okay, are we, are we wild enough to do a number two here? Like, are we ready to go? So that on the family side is definitely going to change things. Oh, brother, that's so cool, man. That is fantastic. Listen, when you look at this and you think about your quality of life, if you went back to you 10 years ago, you went back to teenage you and showed him where you're sitting at in life right now, you'd have to be happy as hell. What do you think that experience would be like talking to you to the younger you? Well, I love that you think I would be a teenager if we went back 10 years ago. That's <laughs> I said 10 years ago and then back to teenager. I wasn't going to try and age yeah. you there, brother. No, man. I, you know, when I gave you the synopsis of my story, I, I skipped a, a big piece of my personal life, which is I went through a really rough divorce right yeah. when I turned 30. And if I could go back to 30 year old me or 20 year old me, or even, you know, younger, I, I think he would be astounded at some of the hits I've taken and that I, I kept going to get to create, I should say not to get, but to build and to create this life and business that I have now. And, and I do think about that every, literally every morning before I open my eyes, I spend a few minutes just getting rooted in gratitude. And that's always some form of it is looking back at how far we've come and how far we still have yeah. to go. Yeah. It's something that, that is always astonishing to me because we're so inured. We're dumped down in the trenches where we sit right now. And I have to be constantly mindful of saying to myself, self, if you talk to 10 year ago, you that was just coming into this industry now, look at where we're at, right? There are days and hours where I'm miserable and I'm stressed out and all those other great things. But when I pause and look back at all of the accumulated benefits and just cool things that happened, all the challenges were necessary to get to here. It staggers my mind because it's far further than what I thought or reasonably expected. What's the cool win that you've had if you went back to 20-year-old you and came forward to now for those trials and tribulations? There's divorce, there's dumping out of law school, there's getting into an auto real estate, getting into coaching. Those are very disparate industries. You have complementary yeah. skills. What's that really holy cow thing that 20-year-old you would be proud of? Because I got to say, 20-year-old me would kick the ever-living crap out of me, right? <laughs> if he listened at all. But 20-year-old me would be pretty damn happy with yeah. where life takes me at 50. Oh, it's, it's an easy answer for me. It's my relationship with my wife. No matter how successful I am in, in business or how much opportunity I can create for other people, I think I will go to my grave knowing that the biggest impact I've had is my relationship with my wife, because every day we're so fortunate to have people who follow us online or who know us and, and out of the woodwork, people come and say, you know, you saved my marriage because I just, I follow you. And I, I took this tip or I took that tip and yeah. we, we don't even focus yeah. on relationship counseling. We do it and we do coach couples sometimes. That's not our main focus, but that's, what's so cool to me is it's just 
a byproduct of who we've become and how I'm sure you've mentioned this on the podcast before, but iron sharpens iron. And that's exactly how we operate. I mean, two mm-hmm. life and business coaches under the same roof, constantly pushing each other and stretching each other. And I think yeah. that's the answer for me. Man. Oh, that's so badass, man. Listen, we always have challenges and obstacles. What's one that you're kind of fighting through right now? What's one where you're going, man, I didn't expect to walk into this or I kind of saw it coming because I'm a clever dude, right? And you're here and you go, fuck, this is what I, this is just what I'm taking care of. Yeah, scaling a personal brand, scaling a, a business mm. that is largely centered around me as the coach or my methods as the coach and training people up in that tradition. And I get impatient with that. And I want them to just, you know, absorb my brain overnight by osmosis. So that's, that's the uh, uphill battle right now. I can suggest that three years into this path with, with other people working with me right now, it takes time. Like it takes a, it takes a good chunk of time. And when you look at, first of all, it's you, nobody's going to care as much as you and my team. I love them to pieces. They go to blood, sweat, and tears, but they're not me. And that is always a tough challenge to face, right? Is that I cannot make as much of me portable as I think, you know? And so it takes time for them to storm and norm, drag all that stuff in and, and put it to use in a way that's useful to them. So good for yeah, you on, on identifying. Well, and it's it's fun because I did this in my past life in real estate. I, you know, some of the, I, I trained three rookies of the year. I'm not bragging. I'm saying, you know, we had systems why, to why follow. Don't you, no, I got to call you out of that. Why don't you brag? Well, that's, here's that's a what, cool track record, man. It, be, it is cool. And I, I have to give them credit, right? They went out and did the yeah. work. They took the methods that we taught them and implemented them. And sometimes they blew my mind. Like one of my favorite just quick stories is I had this process of meeting with a buyer and they would come into the office and I had this whole checklist of how you do this. And I taught this new agent, this entire process. And at the end, you've created so much trust that by the time you slide the contract over for them to hire you, it's you never get any pushback. She was so damn good that in the first minute and a half of her first meeting with somebody, she said, actually, you guys seem like you trust me. You all ready to hire me? And she slid the agreement over on the table and they signed the damn thing right on the spot. And I was like, all right, look, this is where I get to, I get to be the teacher for a minute or the the, the veteran who's, who's seen it all or whatever for a few minutes and completely have my world rocked by someone who is so talented, so bright. And so I, you know, since then, really work to make sure that I'm giving the people credit, not, not as their trainer or coach or whatever. So it comes out that way, but yeah, you know, patience is tough when you are so driven to get these results immediately and it takes time. But man, now I've got one coach who's been working with me for over a year and her feedback, and it's worth every minute of patience that uh, I've had to, to you know, endure here. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. That's brilliant, brother. I'm loving it. And look at that. Just like that, we're plowing through the next segment. We're just about there. I always love the questions that we put together and I got to give kudos to my team as well, right? I put some good thought into this, but then I give them the idea and they run away, put it together. So our questionnaire to set up the show ahead of time. And I love some of the answers that you got here. So what's an easy tip you give to everybody? Loved your answer here, right? Absolutely loved you. You said, don't piss in the wind. But of course you had more to share after that. But what's an easy tip, an easy win for people right now to take away stuff in their pockets. Hey, if your pants have pockets, you can stick it in there. If you've got a jacket, you got a fancy jacket, you can put it in the breast pocket, whatever you got to do. What's one that you pass on to others? Well, brother, give me a tip on what I said, because I've slept since then. <laughs> no problem. Actually, you started with don't piss into the wind. Just kidding. 
Uh, something I love to share is a great coach shared with me. It's not your first thought that counts. It's the second. Perfect. Yes, this, I am not exaggerating. This changed my life and this fundamentally changes how I have conversations throughout my day in my life and in my business. There's a great book called The Untethered Soul. So Michael Singer talks about this through moment where he's sitting on the couch and he's listening to somebody and he catches himself zoning out thinking, God, what are they talking about? When are they going to stop complaining? And he notices that he's not just talking to himself. He's also listening. And so he has this watershed moment of, am I, Michael, the guy talking in my head or am I the one listening? And so he starts to be able to witness his thoughts and witness these fears and, and anything that pops up in there. So for this is a variation of this that a coach taught me. He said, you know, yeah. it's not the first thought that counts. I'm scared to do this. What if I fail? What if I go broke? What if I lose my marriage? It's not that first gut reaction yeah. thought. It's the second one. And that's where the power comes in to be able to wrangle those errant thoughts and then choose more powerfully on the second thought. Loving it, brother. Hey, tribe, brothers and sisters of the dust. We're going to take another short break. We're going to pop back in for the third segment with Chris Goodman. Oh, loving this conversation. So stick around. We'll be right back in a moment. We are back. Savage of business, the podcast from my brother, from another mother, Chris Goodman. And of course, I'm your host, Mitch Cambridge, the Savage of business. I'm sitting here listening to you. And I stared up at the notes for a moment. I didn't ask this one in the earlier segment or in the second segment. So I'm going to kick it off right now with the, with the third segment as well. What is one lesson you would pass under the younger you? And you just wrote two words, fail faster. You got to talk about that because third segment's always about what's coming next. Fail faster. What a stark and simple lesson. Talk me through that. Well, if anybody's been in business for even seven minutes, you know, you're going to fail, Right. There's just no yeah. alternative. And if I could go back, old me was so focused on, you got to get great grades so you can get into a great law school. And then you got to get great, mm. have a great performance in law school so you can get a great career. And then you can't mess up because clients are counting on you. So I became so perfectionistic that when I got into business, I had real reluctance and I still have to fight it. If mm -hmm. I'm honest, the saboteur still lives in me that is yeah. afraid of failing. And you know, no matter how many people you hear it from, until you start to embrace this, when you fail, you learn. So yeah. you you roll jujitsu. Jiu you probably you know heard this saying in jujitsu. There is no fail. It's win or learn. So Hell in yeah. business, if you can learn to lean into these quote failures, they're just lessons. They're really just lessons, and you get stronger with every arrow you take. So yeah, if I could go back and convince myself like that is the ticket, that that yep. obstacle is the way there, I'd love to. Mm. I love that because this segment's about looking forward as well and failing faster is one of those narratives. Now you used a really specific word and I'll always love to drag these things out to give it, to give common language to everybody else. You brought up saboteur for a moment and that's our language. That's our tribe, right? So Chris and I share the same tribe as well of really worthy men. And, and we do a lot of work on ourselves and everything else in life because of it. Walk me through that because the fail first, the saboteurs, the enemy comes for you like that as well. Give people some narrative on that as, and what it means as your future planning. It could take so many forms, but at its simplest, it is that voice in your head that is whispering, don't do that. What if this doesn't work? What if you fail? What if people laugh at you? What? That's shameful. That's wrong. You should feel guilty. And it takes different manifestations, of course, and it plays out differently in your life and in your business. But that's the simplest way I can boil it down. There is some kind of voice sabotaging your results, your happiness, your satisfaction, your joy, your presence, compromising who you are in that moment. 
And so when you get really good at listening, you get lots of reps at listening at your thoughts, you can catch that saboteur in the moment. We all have to fight this. I have to remind clients every single day, we do not graduate past our saboteurs. No. We oh, might quiet no. them. Yeah, we might beat the hell out of them and subdue them for a while. They come back and they usually come back in a whisper. And it's usually when you're doing something different, you're changing, you're growing, you're taking a leap of faith in your life or your business. And that's where you'll notice it. It'll show up. And so the, the counterpart is the sage, right? This is the first thought. The second thought, if your saboteur is the first thought, when you get really good at this, you can learn to bring in the sages. And this yes, is something sir. that we've worked at, right? To, to figure out who do I, who must I be, which voice must I bring out right now? to counteract and subdue this saboteur. That must is wickedly important. I'll, I'll share right now while we're sitting here. It I woke up with it this morning. And in my head, it was really easy. It's like, man, I hope these people don't show up. I hope my brother <laughs> no Chris doesn't show up. I, I, you know, I'd like to just sit. Haven't I earned it? Don't I have the right to just sit here? If he doesn't show up, it'll be quieter morning. I don't have to shoot this episode. I don't have to get it off to my marketing department. I don't have to get my editor to go through this shit. I can just I can just take a little bit of time today. Don't haven't I done enough this week? That is it is so insidious that that something so gratifying and fun as carrying a conversation with you and creating content out of it is like I don't know, just sit with my thumb up my ass. Man, if he doesn't show up, it's gonna be the greatest day ever. I'm gonna have nothing to do. It's gonna be and wicked. I'm, I'm just sitting here smiling and laughing because I'm like, look, look how many reps you have at beating this thing down and it still shows up. If anybody can take something from this, it's that you don't get to just move past no. this or or think, well, I, I battled that once before, it should be gone by now. It doesn't work that way. Not at all. What's the enemy telling you not to do over the next 12 months, 24 months, 36 months? What's it trying to rob you of right now? Well, now it's, it's morphed into time fear because mm. time with my wife and my daughter, it's just more important than ever. So now when I go to take a risk or I go to take a new opportunity or, or help a, a new client who really is going to need some you know, input in the beginning, that voice goes, you don't have time for this. You, you can't, you can't mm. afford to budget this into your calendar because it's going to cost. It literally says, and I say it because I don't know what it is. It doesn't matter what yeah. it is. It's just there, right? It shows up as it's going to cost you love from your daughter, time with your wife, and all the happiness that you're working to build this lifestyle, this funding from your business so that you can have the life you want, it's going to cost you that. Yeah, How sir. insidious, right? Oh, that thing comes. How are you killing that thing? Second thought, man. I listen to it. I acknowledge it. And then I go, actually, a client taught me this. Uh, he's a Buddhist and, and I love this. He said he learned early on to ask three questions. Is it true? Well, mm -hmm. no, not necessarily. If I take on a new client, is it going to cost me time? Not necessarily. I can structure it in a way that it's a fair trade on time. So is it true is the first question. Is it kind is the second question. Even if it's true, it's going to cost me some time. Is it kind to whip myself with, hey, oh, you set out, you have a purpose in life to help people through coaching, and now you're taking on a client to fill that purpose? Okay, so is it kind to say it's going to cost you time? No. And then the last piece is, so is it true? Is it kind? And the last one, is it helpful? Yeah. Right? Is it even helpful to go there? No, it's it's really not. So that that helps me back my way out of it and subdue that voice frequently. Loving it. Hey, man, 
always come to these parts. And I love as I'm talking to people, I'm sitting there, I'm flipping up through notes and I'm, you know, dragging some stuff out and making sure I got a good understanding and then letting the conversation turn into what it's supposed to, because there's a ton of great meat to come here. But we always have those things that we are really good at framing up with other people. What's something you wish other people would ask you more of? What's something you wish a client would ask you more? What's a question that you would love to be asked? Maybe that you're, it's one of the great ones that you ask other people all the time. You know, one of my favorite questions to receive is what's on your heart? I had a coach ask me this at the end of a really tough coaching session. And I was just quiet and he could hear the, the gears spinning in mm -hmm. my mind. And mm -hmm. he said, hey, take all this, pause it for a second. What's really on your heart? And I think that really helps us cut through so much of the noise and get to the humanity of what's really happening for you in this moment. I'm loving that one. What is an example in your mind, business, life, everything else, that you've been the absolute boldest you've ever been? Sorry, what's, what's something the... you just walk, boldest you've ever been? You just pull a shirt open and the S is on your chest. What's the boldest you've ever walked into life at? I think I'm in it right now. I'm asking for, for equity in a new company that I think has the potential to be groundbreaking in its industry. You know, we hear this all the time about being disruptive. I truly think this is one because of the people who are powering the efforts behind it. So I'm coming in hot with this one saying, look, I'm bringing a yeah. lot to the table here. And I, I'm asking for a big piece of this for that reason. And I have to, you know, talk about bringing up the saboteur, man. I have to talk that thing out of the corner mm -hmm. all the time. So, yeah, I think that's a big piece of it. That and also when I asked my wife on our first date. <laughs> oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm going to ask, how did you guys meet? We met, there's a longer story and a shorter story. So I'll give you the shorter one for the sake of time. Absolutely. We met through uh, a mutual friend, I'll say. And at first it was business oriented. I thought I, I wanted to recruit her because she had helped. She had coached one of the agents that I was coaching. And in one phone yeah. call, turn this agent around. And I was like, how did you do that? I need to know how you did that. I need to take you to coffee. And in the back of my head, I'm like, I'm going to turn her into an agent for our team because if she can do that, man, she can sell anything. And then in meeting her, there was just so much electricity. There was, there was so much to her that I, I knew something in that moment. I knew we needed to continue that conversation. Oh, that's badass, brother. Listen, last question I ask everybody as well. The show is Savage in Business, the podcast. I am the Savage in Business, but Savage in Business, what does that mean to you? And how do you apply that when you go to war? Savage in Business to me means taking a stand for the people that I'm aiming to serve. So mm -hmm. getting out of my own way, my own discomfort, my own apprehensions and insecurities and blasting through all of that to take a stand for them, their success, their happiness, their joy, their greatness even and doing whatever it takes to help them unlock that in themselves too. I'm loving it, brother. Thank you so much for that. Hey, Chris Goodman is in the house. He is my brother. He is my friend. He is my co-conspirator. He sits right off of my left shoulder with his shield up as well every damn day in the fields. My brother, thank you so much for bringing your spear and shield to this one as well. Tribe, you're out there. Listen up. You know what you got to do. Click the button. Get your ass in gear. Listen to the other episodes, the previous one this season, the ones that are coming up next. Watch for the forthcoming season. And of course, this only works because you participate. Get in, comment, have a look. Go follow up with Chris separately. Pick his brain. Go, get into it with him. doesn't matter what it is. I bring this to you with the people I know, like, and trust and people that I think have something incredible to share so that you get better at your job. There's only one way in this world we get better, and that's by learning. And how do you do that? You expose yourself to as many things as possible. 
I built the show specifically to bring smart damn people in, let them talk about what they're great at. And if you can't learn anything from this, shame on you because the learning's cooked right in. Mitch Cavage, Savage Business, the podcast. This is my episode with Chris Goodman. Check out the last ones. Check out the next ones. Follow along with this one and find it everywhere this stuff is distributed. I'll see you next time on our next episode of Savage Business, the podcast. Brothers and sisters of the dust, go safely in the world and we will see you very soon.